Welcome to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavota, your electronic town hall meeting. Join Senator Lavota, Independence Mayor Pro Tem Chris Whiting, and activist Courtney Cole for this weekly discussion about Missouri government and politics. Now here's the Missouri State Senator from the 11th District, Paul Lavota. April 2nd, 2015, and welcome to Dialogue. This is State Senator Paul Lavota of the 11th Senatorial District. Dialogues are a weekly podcast where we talk about what's going on in state government, state politics, and really kind of an insider view of what's happened in the state capitol. Um, this week we're doing something a little bit different because this week we finally in the Missouri State Senate talked about Medicaid expansion and actually had a real debate on the floor. Uh, I was proud to introduce an amendment that would bring Medicaid expansion to our state. And I have a little bit of the audio from those debates to let you hear exactly what's going on on the state Senate and some different points of views on the issue. Uh, Now, I've mentioned on this program before that many times throughout the session, Missourians from all over the state have come to the state capitol asking for Medicaid expansion. To review the issue a little bit, what Medicaid expansion is, it allows the state of Missouri to expand that program to give more health care to people in our state. This program would cover 300,000 more Missourians who otherwise wouldn't have access to medical care. And the, the reason this is all happening is because of the adoption of the Affordable Care Act and the ability of each state to pull down federal money to pay for that. So if Missouri decides to opt in with the federal government, we will get close to $2.2 billion of federal tax money that we pay every year, you know, Missourians pay federal tax, back to our state to help cover health care. Um, this is, idea has been um, endorsed by providers, by patient groups, and businesses around the state because they know this is a good thing that will build our state and cover more people with health care. Um, the good financial part of it is that it is a what they call a 90-10 match meaning 90% of the funds will come from that federal government, as I mentioned, 10% from Missouri general revenue. So it's a good deal. It covers uh, lots of folks. It's not only a compassionate thing to do, but it's the economic right thing to do. And there seems to be a, just a, a real uh, disagreement in the Missouri State Senate. I would say unreasonable um, uh, animosity towards this idea because it has to do with Obamacare. Well, people around Missouri have been wanting us to actually have this debate. And I have offered uh, a bill for three years to deal with this issue. Uh, The first year I did that, we actually had a hearing in committee. Uh, It was defeated by party lines. And since then, there really hasn't been a real debate when it comes to uh, this issue in the state Senate. So that's why Um, When you're a senator, you look for different opportunities to bring up the issues. Um, This week, when there was another bill, uh, Senate Bill 210, that dealt with hospital taxes. And what that bill did is uh, extend a hospital tax to help hospitals um, fund some of the issues that they have now. And it extended it for one year. The sponsor of the bill, um, Kurt Schaefer of Columbia, offered the bill to help out the uh, hospitals. And that's when I inquired of him, asking, well, don't we have a better solution? And that would be to um, expand Medicaid, uh, pull down that federal money, 
cover the people in Missouri, and it would help hospitals. So I'm going to play you a little bit of the debate. Um, you know, in, in the Senate, you know, they call it a debate, but really it's just it's a conversation between two senators. Um, you can, you're going to be able to tell our disagreements on this issue. But it, it really sets a, a, a foundation of where we're going with this debate. And um, hopefully, hopefully it gives you a little sense of what's going on. And then after that, I'll play some more of the debate and how it went on the floor. So right now, here is uh, the interaction between myself and Senator Kurt Schaefer of Columbia as we uh, began to talk about the Medicaid expansion issue. On page three, you've extended it, the this tax for one more year. One more year, correct. What, what is the, the thought between for doing it only one year? No, in the past, I mean, we, we renew this frequently, and we've done it anywhere from one year, two years, three years. The reason for one year right now is there's a lot of things that are changing. There's a lot in flux right now with health care law. And so, I mean, one thing is we've got the issue that the federal government repeatedly threatens that they're no longer going to allow this type of program with an FRA tax where we allow a provider tax, where they lay their money on the table and it serves as a substitute for general revenue that we would otherwise put down. They threaten that constantly and they've raised that issue again. On top of that, we've got the King v. Burwell case that's currently pending. So, so since they're threatening it, you think we can, get, we can do it for a year and they may after that not? I think we need to do it for a year and see what happens. I mean, because if we do it for two years and then the feds disallow it, we're still going to have to cough up $1.4 billion in general revenue anyway. And then we'll have this sitting out there, too. I think it's appropriate at this time with all the uncertainty to do one year. But the, you know, the one thing is, because we could divide these up between ground ambulance and, and nursing facilities and hospitals. We could divide it up. The one thing the providers consistently ask us is to keep them all on the same schedule. And that's what this bill does. It keeps them all on the same schedule at one year. seems though we keep putting off the inevitable of some type of... We never, uh, the longest I've ever known us to redo, to revise this is for three years. A lot of times it's well, we two. Were, but the reason we have our opportunity now is that things have changed through the Affordable Care Act and the opportunity to draw some of that other money down from the federal government, which directly affects this. Well, it doesn't change anything right now. I mean, th this is the existing Medicaid program. This has nothing to do with expansion. It, it doesn't affect that at all. Well... It would have it would affect it because it would help that with that those hospitals and how well those uncompensated people. It does not. It would. It would. It absolutely does not. It, why do you say that? The the hospitals. Because right now we have nine hundred thousand Missourians on Medicaid. It's roughly a sixty forty match, and for our match money that we have to place our forty percent, our forty cents on every dollar that we have to place on the table. What we do is it's a combination of the general revenue that we lay on the table and this in lieu of general revenue and we lay that on the table. That's the existing program. If we ever do expansion or not, which God forbid I hope we don't do, it's never gonna change the existing dynamic on the 60-40 match on the 900,000 that are already on Medicaid. It doesn't change it. So this is but just to is, keep but going But it's gonna add that program. relief to the hospitals though. I'm sorry? It's gonna add that relief to the hospitals where you're not gonna have to have that tax to reimburse the hospitals. All this the tax does is provide the match money for the existing 900,000. If we add 400,000 more people onto Medicaid, which Obamacare would have us do, then we're going to have to do a whole lot more than this because it's going to cost us a whole lot more money. But right now, well, all this does... It, but that's not true either. So let me ask you, what does this tax do? 
What does the tax do? Yes. Where does this money go to? This tax that we're well, for example, on the on the hospitals, we don't ever see that money. So the hospital association collects that money from hospitals. But what the federal government allows them to do is lay that money on the table. So on every dollar that we spend on those 900,000 people on Medicaid, and we have to put 40 cents on the table to get 60 cents from the federal government, what this allows us to do is not have to come up with so much general revenue. Now, I, I guess, let me rephrase my question. With this money uh -huh. that is given back to the hospitals, what do they do with it? Well, they let... Well, they get it back. They lay it on the table, and it's part of the money they get back in the pays. They pay for the hospital. It right? pays for part of it, but it's, it's just part of their match money in the Medicaid program. That's right. They pay for their services, right? Correct. Right. That's what Medicaid expansion would do, because there's so many people who go through, well, Medicaid who, go, expansion who are not covered, would cost who go to those hospitals now, who they have to pay. Revenue. That's, That's what Medicaid expansion would do. The point of it is that Instead of people coming in without health care, that are getting free services at these hospitals, they won't have to pay for that anymore. Well, uninsured care right now is about 60% of what hospitals provide. Medicaid already covers about 60% of uncompensated care. I mean, that's already in the existing Medicaid program. This has nothing to do with expansion. Well, I know your bill doesn't, but I know some of the... Oh, you, some, that's right. You had an amendment distributed that you want to add Obamacare Medicaid expansion on to this bill. That's right. I, I saw your amendment. I, I tell you, Senator, I want to add uh, Medicaid expansion to any bill that, that we can do because it would be good for our state. I know you we want to it, down it'd be the terrible money. for the state. And this just happens to be a bill that we're talking about, that how uh, hospitals need the assistance. We're going to extend a tax that was supposed to be sunsetted because hospitals are suffering, right? One they consistent, need the thing, about, hospitals one consistent need the money. thing about hospitals, they always want more money. Always. Well, if you don't think they need more money, then why are we doing this bill? Because this is the existing Medicaid program that we find ourselves in. And that's where we are. And to maintain the status quo, this is what we have to do. Okay, we're going to... So our solution, as opposed to looking at what the federal government does, an opportunity to bring money down, is to kick this down the road for one more year. Even the... Ex even the well, we've never kicked it down the road for more than three years. It's usually two Let's years. Let's do this three years. This to be one year now. Let's do three years then. So we don't have to every year no. do this. No, because there's too much uncertainty right now. We don't know where it's going to pan out. We need to do one year right now. Let's add some certainty. But if you want to do Medicaid expansion, you can offer your amendment. But I will tell you, you're going to have to come up with $250 million of additional general revenue to do it. Because that's what it's going to cost us right out of the box. That's, that's not the numbers I have, Senator. It's the numbers I have. Because, because I will the tell savings you, chairman the, and the people who are covered are pretty good. The, the, the savings and the people who are covered, we're, we're going to save money for... We've actually, actually already missed two years. Just stop and think about that. So we have 900,000 people on Medicaid right now. And it costs us almost $3 billion right okay. now that we've that we got to cough up to do it. It's okay. over $10 billion total when you add up everything in Medicaid and state okay. And somehow we're going to add 400,000 people onto that right. on welfare, and it's going to save us money. Can you explain to me how that works? Because yeah, I can for the life of me, I can, I can explain that to you. Okay. Because you and I and the people of the state are already paying that money to the federal government. The federal government has our money. It doesn't work that way. And that, that, part, that, that argument way. that somehow other states you, are getting You're talking money about a program that is matched at 60-40. I'm talking about a program that could be matched at 100% this year and then 90, 90%, 10%. I tell you, that's what, how it's done. I know that you have your amendment pending to put Obamacare onto this. Why don't you offer your amendment and we'll let the body vote on it? 
I think that's a good idea. I, I wasn't sure I wanted to do that. I thought you wanted but to. But I think it's important for the people of the state to know where we are on this thing. I'll tell you where Don't we you are. Think? We're $450 million underfunded on K-12 education. We're at the same level on higher education as we were in 2008. You know why? Because for six years, every dollar of additional general revenue that we've grown every year, over $1.6 billion, has gone to this. And you want to know why we're not doing expansion? It's unsustainable. It's absurd that we would continue Senator, that. Senator, you're arguing for the system that we have now. That's our system now as opposed to pulling in our federal money that we pay for. And, and, yeah, look, the argument and that so we can have, we pay federal we have dollars great expansion. We could do what the senator from Clay wants to do. We could do a Missouri solution. We could actually roll our sleeves up and try to come up with a solution. And the reason that we're underfunded on education and everything else is because we have tax policy that doesn't support the things that we say are important. That's nothing to do with it's because this. because we don't have any economic growth. And all of you know, you got certain people that all they want to do is grow welfare and grow entitlement programs. If you want to do that, you have to but address growth. But we haven't growth. done that, Senator. We have not grown those programs in the last because until 11 you years. Tax policy and, still, and a lot of other stuff. You are never going to have the ability to grow the economy to even have the public debate about where you spend the money. Senator, we have we have not grown uh, entitlement programs, and we've cut, cut, cut for the last 11 years. We have no entitlement programs. They've grown by $1.6 billion in the last six years That's of general revenue. That doesn't even include the money the federal government is borrowing every year. We are $18 trillion in debt in the United States. Now you're talking about the federal government. I'm talking about Missouri. And I'm talking about the idea that, that you're we... You're disassociated from the federal debt that somehow in Missouri that doesn't apply to Missouri taxpayers? Is that what you're saying? I, I, what I is the gross saying, domestic product in saying, the United States right now on an annual basis? I am saying what is that... There seems to be a new excuse every time we talk about this. Because now it's, it's unsustainable. The, now, first it was ed, uh, education funding, now it's federal deficit. I say that we figure out what the federal law is, we come up with the Missouri solution. We come and we pull down our money and we make it our way. You ever see the Woody Allen movie, Take the Money and Run? Because anybody who wants to do Medicaid expansion, that's the mantra. I've I know why the, the governor wants to do it, he's got a year and a half left. Take the money, get the short-term shot, and you're out of office before it hits the fan and somebody's got to cough up right from day one $250 million of additional general revenue. I see why he wants to do it, because he gets to be the king when all the money comes in and then he's gone when everybody in this body has to find out how on earth are we going to pay for this. Well, I've the gross domestic product in the United States right now is $16 trillion a year. The federal debt right now is growing and it's $18 trillion. By 2021, it'll be $24 trillion. There is no way on earth that's ever going to get paid off, ever. And they're borrowing money oh. to do exactly what you want to do, make everybody feel good in the short term and provide all these Senator, things. Senator, if you yeah, want to provide that, let's grow choice. this economy and let's find money. And I'll have a public debate with you till the sun goes down on how we spend it. But by God, until you raise that money, you can't have a debate about spending it. We don't have it. It's not there. We do have it. It's our money. You know what? Why don't you come to an appropes hearing right now where we've been working all week trying to balance this budget and the money isn't there? Senator, I'm telling you that we, we know where some money is that the people of Missouri paid for, and it's the federal tax money. That's absolutely not true. And instead of, well, on this program here, we're extending a program that matches 60%. 
I'm saying we should Medicaid reimbursements work on a formula of your state's economy and the, the number of people that you have on Medicaid. The reason we have a 60-40 match right now is because our economy is terrible. We have a better match rate than Illinois, New York, and a lot of other states, which are at a 50-50 match rate. And the reason is our economy is worse. So we get 60% while they get 50 because the federal government takes pity on us because our economy is worse. Why is our economy worse in the state? Because we have terrible tax policy and we're I not getting anybody to invest in this state. And we're trying to fix that in this body. But on, I mean, the issue there is borrowing the money doesn't fix it. And so somehow saying if we don't do Medicaid expansion, somebody else gets our money, it doesn't work that way. Whether Florida does expansion or any other that. state does expansion, the money that you get from the federal government is based on that formula. It has nothing to do with whether or not someone else does expansion. I, I understand that, but it also doesn't go back to pay the federal uh, debt or the deficit. Well, unfortunately, right now what we have in Congress is nobody's paying off anything. And all they're doing is racking on more debt. I, every I agree. That's why a Missouri solution to our health care is to borrow really more money, important way put to our do kids it. and our grandkids farther in debt, and make everybody feel good until the governor's out of office in a year and a half, and then it's somebody else's problem to come up with $250 million on day one. And then on top of that, by about 2020, right an additional billion dollars. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen, Senator. What's going to happen is the federal government doesn't like it that it's apples and oranges between various states. And we don't have a lot of discretion on the Medicaid program, but we do have some discretion. And so right now that formula that gives us a 60% match from the federal government, right. a lot of other states have 50. What's going to happen when, when every state, and right now we are with about half the states and have not done it. But if the federal government could get everybody to do it, the first thing they're going to do is change that rate. And that rate isn't going to 60-40 for everybody. But it's going to go to 50-50 for and everybody. And when that happens, Why do you say that? that is over a billion dollars of state general revenue the year it happens. And if you don't, if you think education is underfunded now, Senator, wait till you're, that happens. You're, you're speculating. There's, there's, there's 29 no, states. No, I'm smart who've enough to know how this stuff works. There's 29 states who've decided that they want to take that federal money. As we, as we heard in the debate earlier today, just so we're I don't clear, know if you we get, call it we get about 128 on every tax dollar we send to Washington, we get about 128% back right now. So anybody who says that we're sending money and we're not getting it back, that's simply not true. We're not getting the money for this, are we? But it doesn't work like that. It works it work like that. If we, if we you're, use you're my, if we like do my amendment, we're in a program that matches us. I tell you what, 100% this year. 90% going forward. Yeah, that's $250 million, by the way, when we have to pay 10%, which is next year. But it's Senator, You can't argue that. It's $250 million. That's revenue. not what the numbers say. That's not what I they say. I know exactly what they say. Offer your amendments. If that's what you want, let's vote on it. Do you, do you think we'll have a vote on it? I, I would love to have a vote on it, and I hope that you offer your amendment. I will, then, Senator. Please Mr. do. Mr. President, I have an amendment. So that was the interaction as I was tr uh, trying to talk about Medicaid expansion with Senator Kurt Schaefer of Columbia. And I'm clearly pushing for the idea. Um, Senator Schaefer's against it. First, it's because um, it's not part of this bill. Then it's because we don't have enough money for education. Then it's because the federal deficit's too high. So um, I believe that we just seem to be coming up with new excuses. So the way this works is that um, when you do an amendment on the floor for a Senate, you offer it, and then every Senator gets an opportunity to speak. Uh, the next thing I'll, I'll play for you is an interaction between myself and Senator Jamila Nasheed of St. Louis. 
she agrees in Medicaid expansion, and I think it's clear that she's passionate about this issue, and I think she makes some really good points, and I'll share that with you now. Senator, are you listening to all this rhetoric? Trying to. Why we shouldn't expand Medicaid? Yes, trying to. Did you hear the uh, senator uh, from the 8th that uh, talked about the high uh, rate of Medicaid that we're spending yes. um, for the indigent, for the poor? Right. He, well, said, what, that, what? he said that the, it, it's eating up revenue and, it's, and we can't sustain the program now. Because, because, of, because of what we're spending right now? Right. And how much did he say we were spending? Well, I don't, I don't of, remember of exactly what he said, but it's growing. A million, billions or something? Right. But the question that one needs to ask themselves is why do we have to spend that much? Why, are we ha why do we have so many indigent people that are in dire need of this service? That's the question. Those are the conversations that we need to be having. We don't need to have the conversation, uh, we're spending way too much uh, on Medicaid for the indigent, for the poor. If you, if you have, a, if it's cold outside and someone comes and throw a brick in your window with two of your children are lying, it's freezing, zero below. You're not going to say, oh, I'm not going to fix that window because it's going to cost too much. Right. Right? Because you know that they would freeze to death. Right? You're going to make sure that you fix that window so that your children won't freeze to death. You're not going to talk about how much it costs. That is exactly right. And in fact, when we've heard on this floor tonight, people complain about the growth of the current system or the, or the problems with the current system. We're all waiting. We're all waiting for the reform. Well, you know, I mean, and so, and so, and so. You know, we hear, we hear crickets. We're but you know what's really, what's really, what's really appalling to me is that you have experts in the field of medicine and the field of healthcare that is telling us, because all of us are not experts in those areas. Right. They're saying to us, okay, that a hundred and one thousand and eight hundred hospital employers will lose their jobs if we don't do something. Right. Okay? So let's say those individuals loses their jobs. They're not paying into the sales tax anymore. They're not paying into earnings taxes anymore. Right. Okay? So the, the fiscal impact to those people losing their jobs would be far greater than us not expanding Medicaid for the indigent and the poor. Right. And then we, we're back on the same cycle. You know, Senator, I thought it was interesting that somehow... The senator from Buchanan figured something out. This is good for hospitals. How about that? This is good for hospitals. That's right, because you know what hospitals do, Senator? They take care of sick people, is what hospitals do. And they take care of sick people in the rural areas, and they take care of sick people in the urban areas. And that's what they do. And yes, this is good for hospitals, which is good for sick people, which is good for our citizens. Absolutely. So it's not... Somehow, he, somehow he figured it out. Yes, we're talking there's no 70, hidden here. This is good for hospitals. Senator, we're talking in the last two years, 74 hospitals, including psychiatric rehabilitation and veteran hospitals, shut down. 
Right. They didn't shut down simply because they wanted to. They shut down because we failed to expand Medicaid because we're saying the deficit is too big. We can't afford it because we have a, such a huge deficit. Right. Again, take your child who, who window was just broken and is 220 below. You're not going to say, oh, my deficit is way too high. I'm not fixing that window. Right. That's you're right. Fix that window. You're fix the window. Because you want that. You don't want to make. You want to make sure your child, your child doesn't freeze to death. That's right. You know, it's really, it's really appalling. You know, um, we have states, Republican states, you know, that are that have decided to do the right thing. Conservative Republican states. Very, very conservative states. How many? Approximately nine. It's Even Iowa. How many do we have? How many Republican states? Arizona. Arizona did the right thing. They expanded Medicaid. Iowa did the right thing, Republican. They expanded Medicaid. But what is it about the show me state? I mean, do, should we change our title? Because we're not showing the people that we are the show me state. When it comes to how we take care of those individuals that cannot afford to take care of themselves. Right. We're talking about 300,000 people simply because we don't want a bigger deficit on the federal level. Right. We don't say we're not going to take the highway funds. That's right. Okay, we take we take federal funds all the time. Right, that's right. All the time we're taking the highway funds. That's right. And we've heard bills but here today you go look that at take the budget, more health care money. If you go look at the budget right now, you're going to have general revenue, you're going to have federal, and you're going to have other. Guess how much money do we... We spend more in federal dollars than we do in general revenue for the state of Missouri. Right. And, and but, so now, why all of a sudden... Why all of a sudden, when you have people who are sick and ill, children, women and men and elders that cannot afford health care, why all of a sudden we have a problem with taking federal dollars? It Go look make at sense. our budget. We put less monies in education from the general revenue and we put more from the federal. We put more in, in, in health in healthcare from the federal than we do our general. So the Fed is taking care of us even if, even though we want to deny it. Right. The Fed is taking care of this state right. even though we want to deny it. Because we live in the country, that's why. You know, so I mean, you know, I just get tired, tired. Uh, I really get tired of the rhetoric about, you know, how much we're going to be in debt. Let's look at the human side of things. Because let me tell you, you have more indigent, out-state, raw people that would benefit from, the, from, from, from expanded Medicaid than you would have in my district. Okay, so it's not like, okay, you're you, you, you helping the poor indigent people in the hood. Okay, no, that's not the case. Well, when you talk, when, 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 and when the, the healthcare industry, when they tell you what the impact is as a result of not expanding it, why won't we listen? Well, and just to but remind... Missouri hospitals okay. say that they expect to lose nearly 
$3.5 billion by the end of 2019 because of Affordable Care cuts. Right. Okay? So if they're losing money, that means the state will lose dollars as well because the monies that they make eventually come into our, our, our general revenue. Right. Come into our state by way of, again, earnings taxes, sales taxes, and uh, uh, sporting events, and okay. things of that sort. Right. So, I mean, we have to sometimes, now we, at, one, at some point, we have to think outside of the box. And we have to get away from this old Barack Obama care. Right. This is, uh, well, Barack Obama do care. I mean, he, he care, he do care about the lives of people. So let's not, I mean, let's not shy away right. from that. And That's let's right. not be afraid to say Barack Obama care. That's right. Because he cares more than any of the individuals that stood up today when it comes to the indigent and the poor. So, you know, okay. sometimes I get a little hyped about no, the situation. No, this is, this is one of those issues that can really impact our state. And instead of a real dialogue and conversation, and maybe even a Missouri solution. You know, Senator, my amendment here, my bill I've had, is straight Medicaid expansion. Um, the, I would imagine maybe the Senator from Clay probably won't vote for this because he has a different idea. Mine's better than his, don't get me wrong, but at least we would have that discussion and try to come up with the Missouri solution. The House has done something similar to that in the past, but we, we have failed to move forward on that. And, and one other thing, just, to, just to, as a reminder, these folks that are between 100% of poverty and 138% of poverty, they're working people. They work for a living. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. These aren't... They are, they, they're, they're called the working poor. That's right. You know, they are literally the working poor. Darn. You know, but you know what? Again, when you have individuals like the Hospital Association and the Chamber of Commerce, all of, all of those individuals who know uh, that... If we don't expand Medicaid, what will happen uh, to this state? They're 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 talking about it, and they're and they're giving us all of the information. They did a study. Mizzou Mizzou did a study of the economic impact of Medicaid expansion uh, on Missouri. Okay, that was in 2012, and we're still talking about expanding Medicaid. And this was in 2012, and we we just we just hadn't gotten it yet. But I think at the end of the day, the people will get a chance to see the devastation of not expanding Medicaid of it, here of in, the, in, the state, in the state of Missouri. They're going to see the devastation, and it's just unfortunate. And right now, uh, it's happening each and every year. Uh, we decide not to do nothing, not to do anything. Hospitals are closing. They're closing, and they're closing not because they want to. They are closing because of the lack of movement and the, and the lack of knowledge to expand Medicaid in the state of Missouri. Thank you. Right. Thank you. So that is the uh, interaction between myself and Senator Jamila Nasheed when he talks about Medicaid expansion in the f debate that we had the other night in the Missouri Senate. Again, um, usually on the dialogue program, we we uh, go over some of the issues with uh, myself and Independence Mayor Pro Tem Chris Whiting. I'm doing a little something different today and making sure that you hear a little bit about uh, how your Senate works and some of the debate on one of the most important issues that we have when it comes to Medicaid expansion.
So I introduced the amendment. We had uh, two hours, a little over two hours of debate. And then uh, when everyone had their opportunity to debate, time to close on the amendment. I'll play uh, what I said in the closing. Um, I can tell you right now that um, the amendment is defeated on party line vote, but here's how I wrapped it up. Thank you, Mr. President. My Medicaid expansion amendment is not the Senator from Boone's. For everyone, that's not his amendment. So I'm closing on, on this amendment. Um, Mr. President, as I'm here in the, in the Senate, I'm grateful that we have taken some time to discuss this issue. I really am. I think there was a, uh, a sense in the state that we were not um, debating this issue, talking about this issue, and we did that. And I think that whether you agree with this amendment or not, the people who spoke on this floor um, are looking at being accountable and saying where they are on this issue. I think this is one of the most important issues that we can face. What we continually hear is that we don't want to do this because the current system is broke and it keeps expanding. But we're still waiting for any ideas to control that cost. We haven't had that. The senator from the 4th and I talked about how when we pulled down that federal money and we have uh, that general revenue savings, we end up doing well as a state financially. The senator from the 5th and the senator from the 24th talked about how the people of the state, working people, the working poor, need this assistance and it will make them have a better life and make them healthier. We do all the time issues in our budget that bring in federal money. We've heard senators talk about the idea that we're going to expand the federal deficit, expand the federal debt. You know, our army is something we need. We don't talk about the debt when it comes to that. Our roads are something we need. We don't talk about the debt when we come to that. All the national interests that we have, we don't complain that it costs money. Mr. President, this is something that the people of Missouri want. Their federal tax money, which will be due next week in a couple weeks, um, they pay for it and it should come back here. This is good for hospitals. That is true. You figured it out because hospitals are the cornerstone of many communities. They employ folks and they keep people healthy. That's the point. And that's why we should do this. There's so many excuses, Mr. President, on why we're not doing this version of Medicaid expansion or another version of Medicaid expansion. And I think the people of Missouri are waiting for us to have some leadership. They're waiting for us to come up with a solution as opposed to kick the can down the road for one more year. This is our opportunity to vote yes, to move forward, to do the right thing for our state, and put this debate up behind us, get this bill passed, and get to the governor. Thank you, Mr. President. So that's how 
We ended the debate on Medicaid expansion this week in the Missouri Senate. Uh, unfortunately, that amendment died on a party line vote, 25 Republicans to nine Democrats. Um, I believe that this is such an important issue that I'll continue to do what I can do to push the issue forward and to uh, do what's right by the state of Missouri. But the whole point of, of the dialogue program is to share with you a little bit of insight about what's going on with your elected officials and hopefully playing a little bit of the Senate debate gives you an insight of where, and not only where I'm coming from, but where um, your policymakers in Jefferson City view this issue. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to real change, it's going to have to be the people of Missouri who are very clear about what they want with their elected officials. So um, wherever you uh, may come down on this uh, important issue, make sure your elected officials know what you think. That's it for this week. Next week we'll have our regular cast of characters back with us uh, to tell you about uh, some of the uh, weekly news roundup and some of the happenings and keep you informed. But uh, thanks for letting me do a little something a little different on Dialogue today. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll stay in touch. program has been produced by Courtney Cole, Chris Whiting, and Paul Lavoda. All rights reserved. Thanks again for listening to Dialogue with State Senator Paul Lavoda. Contact Paul on Twitter at Paul Lavoda or by email at votelavoda at hotmail.com with your comments or for syndication. Join us next week for more Dialogue.